New York-based guitarist Jamie Holka is totally living the dream. A renowned guitarist in his own right, Holka has spent many years playing in bands and even covering Captain Beyond songs. Now, Holka is actually a member of this new incarnation of Captain Beyond and truly living a dream. And with that being said, I'd like to welcome Jamie Holka to Talk in the Talk. So, uh, Jamie, good to talk to you again, brother. Oh, for sure, Don. Thanks for having me on, man. So... You go from club band playing Dancing Madly Backwards to playing Dancing Madly Backwards with Bobby Caldwell behind you. <laughs> like, Yeah. It's, it's very, uh, you know, as we say, cosmic. I mean, it was um, early 90s, probably about 93. Um, a f- couple of friends of mine, the old time, not old time, but I mean some of the cats from the 70s that play music and my area, Niagara Falls, New York, um, knew I was a kind of up-and-coming player, and um, there was a couple of them that would always ask me, hey, you ever heard of Gentle Giant? Hey, you ever heard of Captain Beyond? And, you know, uh, you know, guys would turn me on to the... People would turn me on to these kind of more uh, obscure bands, and um, I really got heavily into Tommy Bolin back then. Um, you know, just just the kind of stuff that wasn't you weren't going to hear on the radio. And um, right. finally a buddy of mine turned up the first Captain Beyond album and uh, put, you know, as soon as I heard it, I mean, I was hooked instantly. And, um, you know, and at the time the band I was in, we were playing all kind of psychedelic, um, you know, we were kind of like this retro band because everybody was doing grunge and, um, you know, the 80s hair stuff just ended and I didn't want to have any part of any of it. So I had a band that was doing bunch of Hendrix and Trower and Cream and like one hit wonders of these 60s bands and 70s bands and uh, we started playing um, Dancing Madly Backwards, Mesmerization Eclipse, Raging River of Fear and I Can't Feel Nothing Part 2 is our second set closer like that became our you know um, go to uh, you know tunes to end our second set every night so um, yeah it's just in 25 years later uh, I'm playing with Bobby, playing these same songs. So tough to explain, really. I have no, I have no explanation. <laughs> and what's so funny about it, because you know, it was such an understated and such a um, under the radar thing. You know, um, right. I, I had talked to Bobby uh, uh, yeah, more than a few years ago. Gosh, it's it's mm-hmm. been a while now. Um, for the first right. time, because I like anybody, I was like, I was like, like any Captain Beyond fan, I'm like, okay, gosh, I got a blog, I can talk to people, I want to talk to this guy, and sure. totally fell in love with the guy right off the bat because he's such, he's got such a vast history and he's such an interesting character, but um, and then all of a sudden he's like, we're going on tour, I'm like, what? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. what yeah. happened? And then like I had is it was one of those things where like. You know, even before it happened, like that, you know, you know, Captain Beyond was such a is such a big part of my life and a big and a big band for me. That of course, in my mind, I'm going, God, please don't fuck this up. Please be good. Please, you know what I. <laughs> right. But you know, right. you know what I mean. It's like that fear you have, like when you know, when when like you know, a band that you've never got to see live, that you never thought you'd ever get to see live, comes out mm-hmm. with a whole new lineup, and you're going, Oh man, this is either going to be really bad or it's going to be awesome right and well yeah you exactly. know 
So was that was was that kind of a level of pressure on you? Yeah, I mean, when we finally assembled, I was the last guy to, um, you know, I was the last piece of the puzzle. Um, they already had uh, the whole. Everybody else was was lined up and in place. And, um, you know, I had gotten the history from Simon uh, Lind, the lead singer. He had been in the fold since 2013, mm-hmm. uh, flying, you know, flying back and forth from England to just rehearse and to just audition different guitar players. And, I mean, talk about uh, being committed to the, you know, the, the, the big picture. I mean, he was, <laughs> he was coming over on his own dime and, you know, in hopes that this thing would, would come together. And there was a few guys uh, that came and went, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in, in my guitar chair, so to speak. And so when we got together, it was exactly two years ago um, that we got together for the first time. Like this week was two years, two years ago this week, literally. Um, That's amazing because I and, do remember this. Yeah. 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 And so, man, went down to Orlando and um, we did four days of rehearsing six hours a day. Um, because there's already, uh, three shows booked for the, uh, for June. So we basically had those four days to work and then we did three more days at the end of May and that led to the first show down in Bradenton. So we had seven rehearsals to put all that material together to try to be convincing, um, in that, and it's a short amount of time when the material is what it is, the amount of guys involved and the fact that Bobby is not going to accept it if it's not, you know, right. And um, it was pretty intense in the beginning, and you didn't know, man, after that first day, you're like, geez, I don't know, man. I don't know if we're going to be able to do this. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's just so many things that needed to be worked up properly. And Bobby was, I mean, you'd play half a song and stop. And, hey, Bobby would be like, what are you playing, man? What are you doing there? "Eh, That's not working, you know. And it was a lot of that. But but he whipped us into shape. And, um it, it, you know, it was, it was good enough in the beginning to get it out there. And, and what you saw in Atlanta was kind of that, you know, that was like only our, I think when you saw us the first time, that was our fourth show. I was about to say, you were only like four or five shows in deep when you guys hit yeah. Atlanta. Yeah. That's what it was. So you saw the, that, you saw that very green, still a bit unsure, um, you know, kind of, that's where we were at that point. But because of the music and what it is, and like I said, the way Bobby prepared us, I mean, it comes off pretty good. Um, but since then, you know, now we just finished up this uh, five-show run. We just finished Sunday in Chicago. Now we're at 22 shows with this lineup, and you know, we've added some new material. The dynamics are better. Everybody is more solid within their, their parts, but we're also more solid as a, as a unit, the way we pay attention to each other. There's more improvisation happening now um, because at first it was just like, man, just just get something down and play it. And now it's like we're, we're kind of, you know, reworking things and messing with things and, you know, allowing for um, moments and points of the show where it is improvisational and, and we just go. And that's really what Bobby is. I mean, that's the way he plays drums. Um, but it's his music, so he can, you know, for him to take liberties, that's the way he approaches it. But for us guys, it, it, like I said at first, it was like, well, let's just learn the shit, get it right, and then, then you know, once we kind of own it, then you can start to, uh, you know, go in different directions with it. So 
it's come a long way. And, you know, like I said, what we just finished was five nights, five shows and six nights in five cities and covered 2000 miles. And we, you know, we got our asses kicked out there physically, but the band got better every night. And the last night in Chicago Sunday was just, you know, the most tired you've been, but the band was like just cranking and the, the audience. I mean, these people have been eating it up, man. It's, uh, it's something to see really from my, from my spot, you know? <laughs> well, you know, it's so it's funny because when you guys played here, like I just, of course it was like, you know, at the time, you know, when I, you know, before the show, you know, I, I'd been leading up to the shows, I was talking to Bobby, you know, and, and of course, you know, the, the more I got to know him, the more you get to see and understand, you know, especially knowing his lineage. I mean, you're talking like Almond Brothers, yeah. you know, Johnny Winter and you're talking Captain Beyond, you know, like this doesn't like Derringer. Yeah, Derringer. Exactly. Like, like, like yeah. in my mind, this was not a guy that was just going to phone it in and say, you know what, we're, I'm going to go out and just kind of, you know, no, no, schlep no, some that's songs. The thing, man. He doesn't care about any of that stuff. He doesn't care about just. You know what I mean? He's not doing it to um, go out and try to, you know, cash in on on the name and the uh, the history. He you know, he wants to make a new record. He's like that's that's what he really wants to do is make another album, and this is the vehicle, one of the vehicles in which to do it um, by playing live, of course. And um, he, yeah, he he's he's not like some of the guys his age that they yeah they just figure they can go out and get a paycheck and uh you know i mean he's on fire still i mean he's on fire still to do this and um that's what Dwayne Allman used to call him was fire oh wow i can totally yeah. see so that like, too yeah bobby's like he's like man i'd come off stage with the allman brothers and Dwayne would be like hey fire man great show man and, you know he says Dwayne would like hand him a hundred bucks like just slip it to him like hey man take that for yourself and, you know <laughs> so the stories are just just unbelievable um, with where where he's from, and then that band uh, Armageddon. Yeah, Armageddon. In. Yes. I mean, yeah. Keith Ralph was the lead singer. I mean, that was the lead singer from the Yardbirds. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know if people know Bobby's the drummer on Rock and Roll Hoochie Coo, Rick Derringer. I mean, that's him. Oh, that's right. I always keep forgetting. I keep always. It's so funny. I forget that. But yeah, that's mm-hmm. totally him. Yeah, that's him. He's on the whole album. It's called All American Boy. Mm-hmm. And when we're out there these guys show up with all the albums. I mean, some guys have every album Bobby's on. So it's like two Johnny Winter albums. They got the All-American Boy. They got the Captain Beyond. They got Armageddon. I mean, Bobby's signing like five, six albums for some people sometimes. And, you know, it's like, man, well, I don't have to do that. Nah. But, uh, <laughs> seriously, man, it's like, oh, God. I'll, I'd rather carry some gear than sit there and, you know. But, um, yeah, it's it's something. He's got a really, really unique history and, you know, and he could have been uh, he could have been one of these guys like a Carmine or, or something that self promoted himself. And but he's just not that guy. He's just an, he's a real artiste, you know, and that's what he's all about. He's not a he's not trying to be a businessman, although he's a smart businessman. Right. But he's not a big he doesn't blow his own horn. He just wants to, you know, create stuff. So it's it's pretty cool. Yeah. And exactly. And especially when it comes down to like press or anything like that. Like, mm-hmm. if you ever notice talking, you know, if someone's talking to Bobby, it's never, oh, me, me. It's Captain Beyond. He right. takes that as his vehicle, which it truly is. And I have to say, 
like I said earlier, when I saw you guys in Atlanta and you guys hit the stage and just like the first notes, you know, that slow blues that y'all would kick into. And then you just started just raging. And I was like, oh, my God, this is this is like <laughs> I remember it, seeing you. I'm like, <laughs> I remember seeing you. I'm like, I don't know this guy, but. This guy's pretty into it. Yeah, like I knew every word to like every song. I know, it's crazy, and I'm going. That's awesome. And, and but like, I was literally looking around at the audience, and I think the audience age range was ever anywhere from like you know 65 to 21. You know, and I'm looking at these people. Yeah. And when you guys went into Distant Sun, I, cu- I can't, I couldn't count the open mouths. You know, <laughs> like when yeah. Simon started singing, everybody was just yeah. like, "Holy fuck!" Oh, Simon, <laughs> Simon's such a perfect uh, fit, you know. And he's he's just killing it, man. I mean, he's really coming into his own now. He's putting the guitar down on, on certain songs and just you know being a front man. And um, he he's just got the perfect voice for this. I mean. Um, he really, uh, it's just, I, you know, he's, he's got it. Uh, it's perfect. You know, it's, I wouldn't, I couldn't imagine anybody else in that spot, you know, doing that. Um, you know, unfortunately Rod Evans, I mean, he, you know, he bailed out of all music 40 years ago. So, right. um, you know, and of course the other two, you know, Rhino and Lee Dorman have passed on. Passed and, on, right. So, so, you know, Bobby was left with, okay, you know, I got to get the right, I had to assemble the right guys, but if you don't have that right front man, you know, that right voice, I mean, forget it. You know, it's just not going to be, it's not going to be happening, you know, but, uh, it's, it's, yeah, yeah, man, it's, it's a good lineup and it's, it's getting there. It really is. It's starting to feel good where we got some little original bits we've been doing and, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's coming along. It really is. One of the things that struck me so so much in in seeing you guys, even just like I said, just that one time, was the chemistry. There yeah. is so much chemistry between you guys that if I didn't know that this was like, I mean, you, it's like you guys played like you've been playing together for, you know, a decade or so. And gosh, you and Don on guitar, I mean, that that right there, like, made my pants tight, dude, because, like, you guys were just, like... That's a normal reaction. <laughs> Tightening of the pants. Tightening of the pants. Um, I mean, well, like... Bobby will, you know, Bobby will say sometimes, if he really wants you to, you know, lock down on your solo, he goes, hey, man, you got to come out unzipped. You know? <laughs> so... Um, I love it. But, but, no, it's cool, because me and Don are such different styles of player. And exactly. And that's what you need. Two guys doing the same thing doesn't really make much sense. Right. Um, but the other thing is, I'm the, you know, I'm the young guy in the band, but even I have, you know, I've been playing every week for 26, 27 years, and I'm the least seasoned veteran. So, I mean, everybody out, everybody on that stage has been playing live for 40 years, for 50 years, mm-hmm. you know, like, so when you all come together to do the same, you know, to work toward the same goal, you know, you can kind of get through the, you can cut through it pretty quickly because everybody's been doing it for so long and, you know, everybody loves this music and it's important to them. And, you know, uh, Don, uh, he, he was in um, Rhino's solo band at, towards the end of Rhino's life. He was right. you know, Rhino's uh, second guitar player. Same thing with Jeff Count, Art Basie. He was in um, uh, a band with Rhino. Yes. And um, 
Don did some studio work with Lee Dorman back in the day. So these guys have a really strong connection. And Jeff, the bass player, was in the 1999 incarnation of Captain Beyond that played the Sweden Rock Fest. So he's been in... <laughs> yeah, the, I remember that, yeah. Yeah, on and off for 20 years. So that's, like I said, I'm me and Simon are the, are the, uh, the you know... The kids. The guys. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> y'all, exactly. Are, y'all are the ones going to school here, you know? <laughs> yes, exactly. And that's what I, you know, I'm I'm trying to even some nights, like, turn around to just walk, like, when I know Bobby's going to do a certain type of fill, not that he does the same fill every time, mm-hmm. but I know when certain things are coming. And I, I, I turn around and look just to observe it as a fan because I'm a fan of drummers. And Bobby's the last, one of the last guys that can play like that Mitch Mitchell, John Bonham, you know, thing it but doing it with the odd time signatures and you know because bob what people don't understand what drummers don't understand i think a lot of rock drummers is that bobby is a jazz drummer this is jazz drumming this is not four on the floor no it's roll with with some you know really fast fills i mean it's it's jazz it's behind the beat a lot too you know when you have he, he knows how to the way you watch him, I was watching some of the videos, you know, that people have taken since we've been on just this run. And the way Bobby, like, like when he'll hit a cymbal, sometimes like he, it's like he delays it slightly, and it, and the tempo is always perfect. And the he, he he's a metronome for one thing, um, but it's like he knows how to reel things in, and he knows how to drive things, and he and things are swinging. Mm-hmm. They're not, you know, that swing feel is what I think most rock guys miss don't have don't understand you know when a guy is playing that way you know like bobby never does that four on the floor doom never does that no. that never happens even when he's playing a simple beat it's eighth notes on the hi-hat sometimes it's listen to distant sun when we play it uh in a couple of weeks he's playing eighth no eighth notes on the bass drum oh yeah verse oh, jesus christ guys, you know, one foot one foot keeping eighth <laughs> notes going like that the whole time dude that's that's not for the you know it's not for the faint of heart. So, I mean, you know. it's just so amazing. Like I said, to see these songs come to life. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, I I told Bobby this, and I don't know if I shared that shared my my Captain Beyond story with you, but like the first time I was introduced to Captain Beyond is is I think the way that most people are is that someone comes up to you and goes, "Hey, man, have you ever heard Captain Beyond?" And you go, "No," and then their eyes get really big and they go, "Oh." Hold on, man. Mm-hmm. And so this buddy of mine did that, and like a couple of days later, shows up with like a burned copy of the first album with a joint stuck inside of the uh, <laughs> the sleeve with a note that says, "Close your eyes and listen." <laughs> I was like, "Okay." Take one, <laughs> listen, and call me in the morning. And I swear to God, it, like, y- y- there's very few life-changing albums, that, but that was definitely one of them because, like, when, when it just opened my eyes to not even just the the musicianship of it, but just the like the um, oh, what is it it's called? A like, yeah, I mean, just, just just the way the songs are put together and the songs are the sequencing of the album, like. You know, you yeah. could probably listen to the song separately, but that album needs right. to be listened to from start oh, yeah. to finish, you know? Right. But you I guys think. have assembled a set list that even though you're not playing it, it still has that same kind of flow. So 
Right. Did you guys have to put a lot of work into kind of creating a set list that would flow in that that kind of same way? D- does that make sense? Yeah, he um like in the beginning like you were talking when we first started going out the first uh I don't know 10 shows we did that opening that blues thing, that slow blues thing and that was always Bobby's vision when he first talked to me on the phone. He's like, "I, you know, I envision us starting with this blues thing and slow blues and then it starts burning and then we go into oblivion oblivion you know? yeah and, and as we did it the blues thing it was okay it was pretty cool i mean we kind of it, it turned into what it turned into but then we started saying ah you know maybe we should shift it up and so now we we come out with oblivion um right off the bat in the distant sun um, which is like totally yeah, face melting by the way <laughs> like you know yeah it's just um it, yeah it, it's always like he's always kind of trying to tweak the list but We've added a couple new, a couple more off the first album this time around, mm-hmm. and um, there's a couple of new uh, songs that Bobby sings that are on the EP, that four-song EP um, that we worked up, and we added Which one. Was, off well, of, one of them uh, was like Night Train, and the other one was. Yeah. Um, we're uh, doing Night Train, and we're doing one called "Gotta Move." Oh wow! Okay, no, you, I don't think you guys did that the last time you were no, here. No, yeah, we didn't, and we also didn't do "Fantasy," which is on the third album, um, which oh, we play now. Wow! And yeah, yeah, and there's um, and some nights we do the what we've been doing is is interchanging like "Fantasy" and "Gotta Move" with "Sufficiently Breathless" and "Everything's a Circle." So, you know, we we kind of mixed and matched it this time. So we have enough material now where we can some nights do certain ones and um, and other nights do other ones and so yeah it's kind of a constant um, you know uh, reworking or trying to figure out what's the best list but um, everybody always wants to hear the first album it's understandable and we're doing like at this point we're I think at about eighty five percent of that first album we're playing yeah. so. Well, I want to hear. Close. I want to hear everything as a circle. So um, when I talk okay. to Bobby, that it. needs to be in the set list. <laughs> mm-hmm. We'll do that. We'll make sure in Atlanta we do that. That's, uh, yeah, man. No, that's uh, that was a cool room. I, I thought that was a really nice, uh, just you know, good rock club. The Earl. That was really cool. It it, it, um, it kind of reminded me. It's kind of almost like a throwback kind of club. Like it reminds me of like those old dank venues. You would you, yep. you know like almost kind of like yep. what you would imagine the Doors playing back in like the six, like the Whiskey or the Troubadour sure. or stuff like that. You know. Um, yep. Well, I like. I thought it was a great place to see you guys. You know, to be honest, I thought it was. Mm-hmm. It, and it yeah, it was nice. Sounded, I, I dug. It. I mean, I'm used to playing those kind of places, so I mean. You know, and you know what, and that's the other thing I, I I keep saying how cool it is that Bobby is is willing to do that. You know, I mean, here's a guy he explained to me that you know one week he was playing with his Florida band, next week he joins Johnny Winter, and two weeks later he's playing Royal Albert Hall. You know, <laughs> so for Bobby to be willing to kind of go and club it again and re and build this thing up from you know from ground zero, I mean that's another thing people got to realize they're they're seeing you know, a rock drumming legend and a, and a songwriting legend too. I mean, because if you look on the back of that album, it says all songs written by Bobby Caldwell and Rod Evans. Oh, he and, co-wrote and, that. Yeah. He co-wrote that whole record with shit. Rod. I so, mean, which you know, it was he, he mind blowing. Drummer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I mean, so, exactly. so, so to kind of shift a little bit. So, so we've talked about the captain beyond thing, but you know, getting to know you a little more. And then of course, kind of reading up on you. Like you're 
a pretty I mean you're a renowned guitar player in your own right. I mean, you have I mean I mean you you're known for your finger picking style. You you do shows on your own and like so what can you tell me about some Jamie Holka material? Well, that's why I'm a millionaire first of all. And um <laughs> <laughs> Wait, hold on a minute. My toilet's running. I got to jiggle the handle. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, uh, well, yeah, what happened was, I mean, you know, I went to Berkeley for a year when I got out of high school and all that. Mm-hmm. And I just started playing in rock bands. Um, but kind of the turning point for me was when I hit like 30, I started studying jazz with uh, this guy in the southern part of Buffalo. Um, and I, he's an old school, um, old school jazzer. And because um, I was always fascinated by the style, you, you know, the just the old bebop players and, and, you know, like Joe Pass and Barney Kessel and all those guys. And um, so I studied with this guy. I kind of thought I was going to get like, you know, six months worth of lessons and get a couple new, you know, chord changes down and learn some jazz lines and, mm-hmm. you know, this and that. And then like seven years later, I was still studying with this guy and, um, then what happened was I started getting into like Tuck Andrus and uh, some of the guys that were doing, you know, kind of one man band style playing um, without the use of loopers or tracks, mind you. I mean, that's something that, God, it just really, that's a whole other subject. But um, <laughs> yeah, I've got this yeah. thing about the whole like, <laughs> like yeah. I like to call, I like to call them like the brewery slash um, Mexican food players yeah <laughs> you right. know or you show up yeah. and they're like playing the Which like I, you know that's i mean that's a lot of i do that kind of stuff like those i play the same places that those guys play you right know? and it's just like oh man and um but anyways yeah i just started kind of trying to play like my favorite music uh like stevie wonder steely dan um kind of stuff stuff that wasn't written on the guitar you know it's non-guitar music so to speak and, right um that was you know, that changed pretty much everything for me. And mm-hmm. um, that's what I've been doing. You know, that's how I, a big part of my living is, is, is playing the solo stuff. And uh, I put a little, you know, I put a couple little CDs out and, and all that. So it's um, its its own little thing. It's its kind of um, unique unto itself from everything else that I do. And, you know, there's not a million guys out there doing it. There's there's guys like on the Candy Rat label doing the acoustic thing, but they all, it's, it's all so similar. They're always slapping the guitar the same way and, you know, the same kind of open chords. It's, it's not that it's not good, but after about 10 minutes, it's kind of like, you know, give me Tommy Emanuel, you know, or give me, uh, you know. I was just okay. going to say, it's like, it's like how many, how many wannabe Tommy Emanuels can there be? Like, it's like there's so many people that try, but you're just like, no, like e- either you're Tommy Emanuel or you do your own thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, yeah, I got to, he, there's, I got to sit with him. Um, it's actually a funny video on YouTube of me and Tommy sitting there. But unfortunately, my friend who put the video up, uh, you know, for whatever reason, decided he was going to title it Guitar Legend Talks Backstage with Future Guitar Legend. And because nobody watching this YouTube video had ever heard of me, uh, a lot of the comments are people breaking my balls. Who, who's Jamie Holt? I never heard of this guy. Who, who the fuck is this guy? This guy. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, hey, I, I, I keep, every time I see one of those comments, I say to myself, hey, thanks to my friend, like, thanks for, you know, like, it's almost like it's a distraction from what it really was, because it was a really cool kind of um, look at 
a guy like Tommy just sitting there with a guy he's never met and giving him cool advice, um, talking about playing, talking about the biz, talking about how you, you know, and it's really cool, you know, and because Tommy is so um, renowned, if this video's got like 170,000 views of just me and Tommy sitting there shooting the shit, playing a little bit, but I mean mostly talking, you know, and had the title just said something else, it would have been, been a lot better. It would have been a lot better for me, but hey, sometimes it's good to get your ass kicked and have people, you know, talk some shit about you. It's like, yeah, whatever, you know, and it's usually the guys that can't play anyways that are talking, you know, talking that way. You know what, you know what I mean? But you know what? Like, hey, man, from... let me hear you play your credence, man. Go ahead. What do you got? <laughs> yeah, let me hear you. You know, whatever. Yeah, let me hear you play, let me hear you play Dust in the Wind, like for the 50th right. time, you know? But yeah, no, I, I got that down. I got that tuned down. Maybe I got dust in the wind down. <laughs> yeah, I'm kidding. You know, like, go ahead. Let's let's go show Tommy Emmanuel that. You know, it's like yeah. Tommy would be like, yeah, hey, great. But you know, like what hey. you were talking about with like the comments and stuff, like on mm-hmm. you know, for someone who you know, like myself, who you know, like I do the blog, I do the podcast, you know, and whatnot, is that I've always <clears throat> noticed that no matter what the content is. Or yeah. what the title is, or whatever, yeah. is that it brings there's always out a genius out there that's going to break it down, right? But there's always, and I always wonder, at least from my perspective too, is that you know, I mean, I don't think I'm that big of a deal at all. I just do what I do this because I love it, and it's a, you know, sure. it's a passion thing, and I've been doing this for you know, the podcast for two years, the blog for ten, and. You know, I I did I do this because I love it, not because I'm a journalist or or that I work right. for someone. You know, no matter what, like I could give the most positive review to somebody, and then you'll see like there's no comments at all. But then if I put out like a negative review about somebody, then everyone comes out of the whole. You know, right. like oh, you live that's in your it is. That's, that's you know, how it is, man. You know, you live in your are. mom's basement, dude. And I'm like, no, I yeah. live in my wife's basement. Thank you. So right. you know. <laughs> I mean, well, yeah, it, it, you're never going to get away from, from all that. And it, it, Hey, look, I, I'm getting it too uh, with this. I mean, there's videos that go up and every, you know, most people are positive. 95% of the, of the feedback on what Captain Beyond is doing is positive. But believe me, there's always a guy, well, this ain't Captain Beyond. Well, this guy ain't Rhino. Well, Rhino, what are they? And it's like, hey, you're never going to, you know I mean, you, you're not going to please everybody and, all the time. You just can't. And I, and the other thing on top of it all is for me, I just look at myself as a student of, of music and the, you know, a student of the history. And that's what I want to be. You know what I mean? And if some cool things come my way because of it, then it's cool. But I don't lay claim to, you know, anything, you know what I mean? Cause I'm just a product of, you know, my influences and, and that's all it is. And like I said, if people dig it, great. If they don't, Hey man, like that's so be it. You know what I mean? Because I don't, but I, I I don't put myself out there as uh, you know any kind of authority or like I deserve anything. Um, you know, I'm, I feel very fortunate to be playing with Bobby in, in this band and playing this music. Never thought it would have happened. You know, at 45 years old, I get the gig with Captain Beyond. I mean, like really, like Niagara Falls, New York, they come and find you. Like really, it's like yeah. Niagara Falls has like 60,000 people, you know what I mean? We're up just outside of <laughs> Buffalo, but dude, it's like a one horse town, man. I play these screwed up places and 
you know what I mean? Like playing at the hotel for 150 bucks and, uh, you know, hope they give you a couple of beers. It's like, that's what I do, you know? But so when I go out and do this. Well, you're doing better than my like, band. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, the solo thing has allowed me to, you know, make a better living because, you know, because of that, you know, going right. out and, you know, just being able to play happy hours and play two in a night and, oh yeah, you know. But yeah, you know, the whole, the whole thing you putting yourself out there on, social media and whatever it is, you know, you're going to get good and bad. And, and that's just the nature of, of people, you know? Well, I've always but. just said, especially with the captain beyond thing, because one of the things was when I started, really started writing about you guys, um, on the blog again, was that I would get these emails from people or like messages on Facebook going, dude. So, so really like, is it really that good? And all I would tell them is I'd say, look, man, if a show's coming to your town, go see it and you be the judge. Like mm-hmm. let let them let the music and let the performance do the talking because right. I have That's how I feel about it. Like I have zero ties to you guys or, or, or I mean like I have like zero reason to say I mean even though I know you guys and y'all are friends of mine, like if I didn't think it was good, I wouldn't say that it was good just because I knew you guys, you know? And so I told, Mm -hmm. I I always tell people, I go, go for yourself and you be the judge and then you can call it whatever you want. But yeah, you have to just let the show and the music do the talking, you know, without passing a judgment. Oh, it's a scab captain beyond. What? Why? Right. Because the two of the guys are dead, and one of the guys one of the guys doesn't want anything to do with music. Well, guess what? The guy that co-wrote just about everything. You know what I mean? He wants to that's do what it. People so, need to understand. That's what they. That's you what they know. need to understand. And that's the hard part to understand. Is how could the how could the drummer be that guy? Mm-hmm. You know, but he is. So we were talking a little bit about your style and like your playing and everything. Mm-hmm. Was it a hard transition for you to go into playing the captain? I mean, even though you did do covers, do you still find a way to kind of infuse your own style into what's being played in Captain Beyond yeah, to the point yeah, where you're like, comfortable? There, yeah, there's certain things that I get to, um, like, well, Oblivion, the first song of the night. Um, I do half of Ryan. I start, I start the solo, and I play Rhino's solo note for note for the first half of right. the solo and then and then I just go from there into my improv kind of style and uh, mm-hmm. I throw in some you know more jazz jazzy type type of lines and um, but you know and I got some things that I know I can go to and other things that I take some chances with and um, I develop like a, a strategic ending to the solo that you know the band knows that the solo's ending and, and that's all you know, kind of my thing um, that I was able to bring to uh, bring to the table. And also, when we do Sufficiently Breathless, I wrote a whole middle, because Bobby didn't care for the way it, it was performed on the album, because he wasn't on the album. Every, right. It's funny, anything that we do off of that album, we do it differently than they did it. Um, because Bobby says, man, if I would have been there, I would have done this, and I would have done that. So that's how we do it. So what ended up happening was um, I wrote a, a solo section um for that song that, you know, I kind of came up with some things to play over the changes. And then at the end of the solo, me and Bobby sync up and we do like this kind of, um, synchronized, um, uh, 16th note kind of thing that it's really cool. It's become 
you know, like something that me and him just kind of play off each other. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, there's been a couple of spots where I've been able to infuse, um, you know, my ideas into, into the, you know, into what we're doing. And it's cool, you know, and it'll, more of that will keep coming as, as time time goes on. And, you know, that's that's been cool. Bobby's told us, he goes, hey, guys, you know, we, we know these tunes now. You, you want to take it out somewhere? You want to try something? Go ahead. So, and see, that's really like, cool because once, because mm-hmm. uh, that's also a rarity in a band, you know, mm-hmm. especially when you've got someone who has written all the songs, uh, you know, or co-written a lot of the songs and in his mind, he knows how these songs go. But to kind of relinquish control, that, that's yeah, a big I mean, sense of trust, you know, mm-hmm. and you're yep. not just your abilities, but you, but you're the connection that you have with the songs to be, that he can trust you to have the song in, in, in it, you know, right in, in your mind and in your heart at its best interest, you know? Yeah. I mean, exactly. You're, you're still going to play, you know, you're still going to play for this, always playing for the song. I mean, that's, that's, you know, always, uh, you know, first and foremost, it's never just doing something that you want to do. It's, it's gotta, you know, be mindful of what's going on, you know? So yeah. And he, he's cool with that. Bobby's cool with all of that. Because I remember I told Bobby one time, I said, you know, and I even told him, I said, you know, this is no disrespect. I said, but to me, Captain Beyond was one of those bands or, you know, especially those, at least for me, those first two albums where I look at that and I go, that is a band where the music is bigger than anyone who is playing it. Do you know what I sure. mean? Because oh, no question. that's what those songs, that's how powerful those songs were, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah. when you have something like that, because that's something that very few bands have. Like I, like I, I used to think of that like with bands like, you know, the Almond Brothers, uh, the Grateful Dead, um, some of my favorite bands. You know, right. even, even King Crimson, to, for that matter. You know, where you have bands that have created songs that are so much bigger than who's playing it. You know what I mean? Sure. That sure. Like you could put a black yeah. screen in front of them and still enjoy it you know, and not care who's playing it as long as it's being played with that heart, you know? Yeah, no doubt. You know, and I'm, I'm thankful to, you know, that like, you know, Rhino, you know, was there and did what he did because they're, you know, it's, it's awesome to play those parts. And I think he did some just great stuff. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm a fan of his, you know what I mean? So to replace him in a sense, um, you know, I get it, man. And I get what the fans, I get it. You know, I get it that, Hey, I'm not him, but, but he ain't here, so you know yeah. it's um it's just how it it, it it has to be. If people want to hear this music, they have to, you know, accept that, um, you know, and and trust that Bobby put the right guys together to uh, to carry it on. Yeah, well, I mean, first off, Jamie, you are doing such an amazing job. You, Don, Count, everybody is just on point. The live shows are fantastic. And I guess to close out, one of the things we kind of touched a little bit on is you talked about a new album. So has there been some material that you guys have been working through? And if so, how has the chemistry been as far as working on new material? Because I know it's one thing to come together and play songs that have already been, you know, born, but to kind of 
<laughs> consummate, I guess it would be, you know what I mean? Right, like right. new material right. I know right. can be a totally different thing. So what can you tell me about the process of you guys coming together with new material? Well, you'll hear at the end of the show, we do mesmerization eclipse for the first encore. And then we go right into this piece that we wrote. Um, and we kind of wrote it in a skeletal way, uh, when the first time we got together, the first four days, we, we were messing with this, these four chords chain, this, this four chord kind of circular thing. And it came to, like, I found these really cool four chords that, you know, are spacey and a little bit out, but yet, you know, like I said, it's four chords over and over again. And what we do is we take those four chords and we start playing them. And like Bonzi comes in with some really spooky slide guitar stuff, and then he kind of hands it off to Count. And Count takes this real ethereal like bass solo, like not a lot of notes, but just perfectly placed. Um, you know, just just vibing, just so cool. And then I go into my bit, and the next thing you know, we go into this six-eight time thing, but it's all over these same four chords. So it's it's the same foundation but it keeps changing and keeps certain then it keeps building. And finally, when it gets to the peak of this build, boom, we suck the air right back out of it and bring it back down to this kind of whisper. And that's a piece that will probably end up on the, on a record. And also we were doing, um, I was playing the thing for Bobby just this last week when we were rehearsing to come out, uh, for this past, you know, five shows and Bobby's, I just started playing it, you know, and Bobby just come in playing this incredible, I don't know what he was doing. I was just like, once again, I'm watching him. I'm going, because I knew what I was playing. So I just was observing him just like as a fan and just going, man, look at what he's playing. Right. And um, we played it for about 10, 15 minutes straight, you know, me, him, and, and Count. And um, it, we got done, and he came up to me at the end. He goes, you, he goes what is that? He goes, you got, is that, you, do you have that memorized? I go, same thing. It was, it's, it was three moves, basically, but with a really, a certain kind of rhythm. Mm-hmm. And he goes, well, we're going to use that. I said, okay. So, um, and he has, and he, yeah, crazy. And then he has tunes too, that he kind of have, that have been in his archives that he would like to use. So I think it'll be a combination of some stuff that's already in existence that we can rework and some brand, brand new collaboration stuff. So, well, that's fantastic, man. Well, all I can yeah. tell, all I can say is that, you know, a new captain beyond record, especially with this lineup is going to be, definitely more than welcomed by whoever hears it because like i said this lineup is it's the fire exactly like what you said like it was everything it exceeded my expectations i think it exceeded a lot of people's expectations because the demand was there for you guys to do it again and and bobby says hey you know and here's it's funny how bobby talks he goes he goes you know look at it this way you want to be able to say he goes Five years from now, he goes, when Captain Beyond finally takes a shit, he goes, you want to be able to say, man, I was part of something, you know, really special, and I was, you know, leave a little piece of music history, rock history, you know, and that's how he looks at it. You know, he looks at it as what's the legacy going to be, what's going to be left behind, um, and that's that's how he thinks, man. He's he's a big, big picture kind of long-term thinker, not just, hey, man, let's go out and make some money. You know, and cash, it's not that it's he, he wants the, the creative, uh, you know, he wants the create creative part of this to be, you know, the most important thing. And so, but, you know, we had to start with this. We had to start this way or else the other part doesn't happen. So, 
Um, and the other thing, real fast, is what you had just said when you said exceeded your expectations. Everywhere we go, this last run, last week, I heard that about 15 times, people coming up going, you guys exceeded our expectations. We didn't know if you guys were going to pull this material off. We didn't know how the singer was going to sound. We we didn't know, and I've heard it. And the funny thing, I was taking a leak in Milwaukee, and nobody <laughs> knew who I was. So I'm, you know, taking a leak and standing doing what I do with, with the commoners. <laughs> exactly. And uh, hey, we all we all pissed the same way. And um, so I heard this guy. The guys are washing their hands at the sink, and the guy goes to the other guy. Do you think you'd ever see Captain Beyond in your life, man? Did you ever think? And the guy goes, No way, never in my lifetime did I think. I, and I'm just, you know, I'm. I'm I'm laughing as I'm standing there. I'm just like, it's so cool. Like, this is what people, this is what they all say. They all say the same thing. So it must be, we must be doing it right because I'm hearing the same thing everywhere we go. You know, it's, uh, you know, and, and people, I look out and people like you singing every word, air guitar and standing up in the middle of solos, like losing their shit. I'm going, man, like if, if somebody did that in public anywhere else, they'd, they'd, they'd lock you up. Oh, yeah. You know? <laughs> I love you're that. You get locked up, but at a Captain Beyond show, it's you know, you know, you're hoping for it. So, well, all I can say, <laughs> dude, is I am so looking forward to this run, and hopefully, we'll get some we'll get some more shows added, so you guys will be out there for a little while longer. And uh, you know, all <laughs> I, all I can say is I can just urge anyone who's going to listen to this to go see go see the shows. I mean, yeah, I know I know you guys have like three confirmed shows right now, but um, probably more coming in. I'm sure. Yeah, we just yeah we do. We have some more at the end of June as well. In this run we just did, we were Buffalo, Chicago, Detroit, and back to Chicago because the club we played was like 150, you know, capacity, and we sold it out both nights. So I mean, it was like, you know, and just the fans were just, man, the energy and the, the enthusiasm. It's really been cool. I mean, even like I said, even though these are smaller venues you know, it's translating the right way. We're coming off the right way. So, um, you know, hopefully we can, um, you know, continue to build on it. And, uh, it's, you know, it's, it seems to be moving the right, the right direction. So, well, the other thing too, about the small venues though, and uh, is that I've heard, you know, I, I, and I've talked to musicians that, you know, differently about that situation. And I've like I've asked him. I said, "So, like, what do you prefer, like arenas or clubs?" And a lot, I would say, probably eighty-five percent of the time, that they'll say, "You know, playing in playing in arena is an experience, but you don't right. get the energy from the crowd that you get Not the same connect, at right. a club because they're like at an arena, they're so far away from you, and the lights mm-hmm. are so bright, and the barricade is like." you know five six feet away from the stage and they were like but if you play a club they're pretty much like on the stage with you <laughs> you know what i mean oh, like, yeah. like oh the, it's great man. And, and, I, and i love it yeah and that and that's it what i love me at all I, I i enjoy it man i doesn't bother me one bit man you know we're getting ready to play you know guy at the front table's looking up nodding like he's ready and i give him it back and i'm like yeah you better be ready i'm ready too you know, and it's nice. You know, it's cool. And, it's um, like you better move that table, son. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know. The other thing I meant to tell you real fast was um, the new booking, um, the, the agency we got. I, I got to become friends with um, uh, Doug Pinnock from uh, Kings X. Oh, and fantastic was, guy! Well, yeah. it was all. You know why? Because I had I had sent him a friend friend request on Facebook, and I dropped my Captain Beyond card and. 
he got back to me and he's like, dude, that first Captain Beyond album is in my top 10 of all time. And I said, hey, do you have any time to talk? Gave me his phone number. We, we talked on the phone. He connected us with their booking agency. Um, and he told me, you know, Captain B, that first time he heard the Captain Beyond album, he bought it because of the album cover. He hadn't heard it. He went home and put it on. He said it just changed his life, you know. And so you have all these kind of heavyweights, too, that Captain Beyond, you know, that there's the picture on Bobby's website of uh, Taylor Hawkins, the drummer from Foo Fighters, and on the, his bass drum says Captain Beyond. He had Beyond. written Captain Beyond on the bass drum head. <laughs> crazy. It's crazy. You know, so it's just, it's, you know, I'm hoping, hey, I'm hoping like someone like that gets wind that we're back out, up and running. You know, and the Foo Fighters say, shit, man, come and do 10 shows with us, you know? <laughs> Dude, put me on the list. Well, you know, what I love about that is I, is I love I love the optimism, I love the positivity, and I love the fact that you guys are doing it for the right reasons and that you guys are... are, are or pretty much just in it to win it and to and to please the fans that have been again like you said those guys that were taking a leak with you that were just like I never thought you know I could I was one of those guys I never thought I would get to see these songs live and getting to see them live it, that's yeah. that's oh, yeah. something special you, man something really you know what special You would have been funny to say what would have been funny to say but it would have sounded it would have sounded arrogant and I never, ever want to sound like that. But I, when the guys were saying that, I would have said, did you ever think you would take a piss with the guitar player from Captain Beyond? Um, but, uh, <laughs> actually, you should have said, actually, I thought they kind of sucked. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I saw them last night. They, man, these guys, yeah, you might want to might want to head for the door right now. <laughs> Dude, they probably would have beat your ass, which would have been yeah, funny. Exactly. It's like, I'm in the band, leave that's me alone. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a guy that was in the bathroom. We beat the shit out of but Bobby always tells the fans, he goes, you're the reason why we're doing it. And he goes, because you people get it. He always addresses everybody that way. And it's, yeah, he, Bobby gets it, how important the people are. And that's it. Hey, there's an old song. If there ain't no audience, there ain't no show. So, I mean, that's, it's true, you know, so you never lose sight of that. You know, like I said, even if you're only playing in front of 150 people, that's, it's 150 people locked in all in and it's great you know it's it's there's a lot of energy there's a lot of star glow energy to that so it's uh it's very cool i like that little uh pun you put in there <laughs> <laughs> see how i did that uh, i see what you did there so well jamie thanks for taking some time to talk today man i really appreciate yeah, it and you're a great guy and it's uh it it, it it's been yeah it's great to be buddies with you and to have you on the oh, show sure. so i appreciate it man uh, my pleasure my pleasure, Don. Appreciate it, brother. Well, look, we'll, we'll have to do this again soon, man, and uh, I'll look forward to seeing you in Atlanta. Anytime, brother. Uh, yeah, look forward to seeing you there as well. All right, brother. Well, you take care and have a great rest of your day, man. You as well. All right. Bye. Take care. Bye.